We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. partner few reporters across the nfl national scene have been as plugged in as josina anderson and we are just thrilled to have her on the vault today and we got a lot to cover over the course of the next 15 20 minutes or so i cannot tell you how much i respect josina the amount that she's been on top of not just national news but obviously lamar jackson with so much going around i feel like she's somebody that's trustworthy isn't searching for clips so I was thrilled when she agreed to come on here today. I'm, I'm super excited. Welcome into the vault. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. And without further ado, let's bring her in. It's NFL reporter, Justina Anderson. And you've been busy. And the fact that you carved out some time for us is much appreciated. You're all over the Jalen Ramsey news. We're taping this on Sunday the 12th. So uh, what is going on right now? <laughs> Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I want to say that obviously right now is a very busy time because we're just hours away from, um, you know, the legal tampering period. And it will be in the midst of that, I'm sure, as people are listening to your podcast. And one of the reasons why I did uh, this podcast, uh, Sarah, is because even though uh, I haven't had a chance to, you know, connect with you in person and have deep discussions, I do see, you know, your tweets and what have you. And I respect uh, how you conduct yourself on Twitter, your knowledge about the team, uh, your fearlessness when you are um, putting out your opinions. And so I just wanted to say, you know, I get a, a lot of requests to do shows. I don't think I've done a podcast in, in over a month because I've just been that busy, either busy and or tired or a combination of both. But I said I was going to do your show. I was going to come on. This will be the last one I'm going to do for probably at least a, a week and a half or in addition to the time I already wasn't on one. So I wanted to give you your due with that and Bobby it's a pleasure to be on here with you and to uh, meet you as well and to do your show so yeah <laughs> well we we appreciate, appreciate that, that. I mean yeah. uh, listen we've we've uh, referenced you many times on this podcast because we are trying with so much Lamar Jackson hearsay and speculation we are trying to keep it legit we're trying to keep mm -hmm. it informative and so that is why why we appreciate you so we're gonna have a lot of Lamar mm -hmm. questions we might have sure. one or two non Lamar stuff oh no problem but, but but let's start with that. Okay, so yeah. I think about a, a maybe a day, less than 24 hours before the franchise tag, the non-exclusive tag was applied to Lamar. Mm -hmm. You tweeted that there were some teams that had preliminarily reached out to see what had been offered. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so so mm-hmm. based on that, we're hearing all these reports of teams not being interested. Mm-hmm. People are saying collusion. That might be something. Is it that that teams? I, I guess I'm not believing it. I feel like teams will make an offer, but but what mm-hmm. are you? What's your sense of the situation? So uh, good, um, you know, eye on that with regards to that tweet. So. You know, obviously, you know, Lamar uh, at that time, you know, had not been tagged, obviously still has not signed the tag. And when you as an insider go to the combine, we know whether you're there or not, that the combine is all about talks that you should be having and that you should not be having. Right. And um, and so a team and teams around the National Football League are always going to be doing their due diligence because that is their job. I've been having this conversation very deeply with the, you know, the Dolphins faithful, but uh, the, but uh, the, but to answer your question, yes, there have been uh, teams that have uh, reached out some that are not currently mentioned in the mix of teams that everyone was kind of jumping on uh, with respect to the immediate responses right after Lamar got uh, tagged with the non-exclusive tag. And then some of them um, were a part of that, even the ones that are denying <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they were a part of that. And not from a standpoint that it is a guarantee that they were going to be doing anything, but more so just to be gathering information. Like, so one of the teams that I was talking about that is not among the the, the teams that were, you know, uh, reporters were gathering information from uh, that sp- specific time. Um, really, what I heard they were trying to check in was just, you know, the price of what he was asking for, you know, to keep tabs. But just to add to that tweet, and I haven't even, uh, you know, had a chance to follow up on that tweet, Sarah, as I kind of reached back out to that team uh, and spoke to another person in the building um, just to kind of get a sense of, you know, what they were thinking on uh, Lamar and um, and just to kind of compare it to some of this other stuff that's there um, in the Twitter sphere. And um, their response to me was that, you know, they were like, well, we have to have further discussions internally. Um, you know, the questions were it, it's it's or the statement was kind of like, um, you know, it's not so simple. You know, there's a lot of things to consider when integrating a quarterback like Lamar. Again, this is not, you know, what I'm saying. I'm telling you what I was, you know, told during this conversation. And so I was asking, like, you know, what do you mean? Well, there's a lot of pieces, you know, things that you got to do and all these other things. And you have to and then the money, you got to consider the money. So in the middle of that conversation, I said to this particular person, I said, well, you know me, I like to keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. And so then I said, is Lamar Jackson better than, and I almost caught myself because I almost said the team by the quarterback, but I said, is Lamar Jackson better than the quarterback that you have? Yes. Okay. And I said, and then how many, how many games do you feel like you needed in order to have made the postseason? So that's a little bit of a clue there. And then, you know, they said, you know, two or three. So I, I said to them, so is Lamar a two or three game difference? Yes. And so I'm like, so why is this any more complicated? We know that the quarterback, um, uh, at least when you're talking about the top five in APY, and that's going to change here when Jalen Deal gets done, uh, Burrow and what have you. But just going from Patrick Mahomes at 45, Deshaun at 46, Kyle Moore at 46.1, uh, Russell at 48, 
uh, Pat, uh, excuse me, Aaron Rodgers at 50, you're spending, you, you know that you're spending a minimum of 45 for a Lamar. And look at what the, the Saints just did with Derek Carr, who notoriously never have any space, making space for Derek Carr. So let's not make it about the money as complicated or what have you. But I have to say, Sarah, and I'll wrap up because I know this is a very lengthy answer to your question, is that I, w- I was a little taken aback by some of the hurdles I was hearing as opposed to, to me, what should be more automatic thinking of incorporation. Do you think that's an extension of what people were kind of saying at the draft? People didn't believe in him as a quarterback talking about trying to do drills for a wide receiver or he's a running back. Is it that type of stuff where they're like, oh, we, again, this is not your opinion, not my opinion. Mm -hmm. Lamar Mm -hmm. Jackson does more than run 1000%. But are you saying that maybe these teams view him as like, well, we got to change our offense to fit a running style? I felt like he was getting to that to a degree. He didn't specifically say that. But when he did talk about, you know, having to move around the pieces and and, and can we make this work? We got to talk to the rest of the staff and all that other stuff. I feel like that's, you know, what this person was kind of alluding to. Um, You know, to me, it was over, you know, complication as far as, um, you know, just making it more complex that it, and it needs to be. I mean, I, I you know, I know what this team, you know, who this team is, and I'm just like, to me, you, you know, you're overthinking it. But uh, to be fair, you know, when I was speaking to this person, it was in advance of the meeting that they were getting ready to have. Um, I would say this, just to kind of back up a little bit. So, I do believe I did hear at the combine that, you know, the Panthers had, you know, their eye on somebody, you know, in the draft. So it, it kind of makes sense to me that they would say that. However, you know, my thinking, if I were a general manager, right, my thinking is would kind of be akin to less need. You know, I'm trying to do everything that I can do to win now. The front office and the coaches, coaching staff, uh, unless you're a tenured coach like John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, or what have you, many of these uh, coaches don't have the amount of time, you know, to, to get it together, let alone the 52 other players that you're making, you know, weight or whatever based on what, you know, what's going on. You know, I, I think of a, a player like Brandon Cooks, you know, down in Houston, you know, right now who, you know, got to make a decision on what he wants to do when a, when a franchise is starting over, whatever. That's just coming to my mind. But I, my point with saying that is, is that I, I feel like you should be doing all of you, all you can to make sure that you're winning as soon as possible. And especially when a college prospect is no, you know, guarantee to not only not happen, but, you know, not necessarily happen soon. And a player like Lamar only becomes available. You know, it's, it, this is not, this is not a common thing. So I, I feel like the response at the time that the, the non-exclusive tag came out should have the, all these teams had to say was, this is this this is the this is the phrase of the week due diligence due diligence you don't have to say no just say (laughs) you're doing your due diligence why to me if you are uh you know the the front office like atlanta who listen i have respect for terry fondo arthur smith or what have you but but why how does that benefit you to put that out there i just i just don't you know to 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 say that and obviously it wasn't on the record it's via reports and things like that or maybe it was i don't read the whole full thing but i don't have the time but my, my point is is that it's out there and the easier way to me to deal that from a PR standpoint, from an optics standpoint, is just to say we're doing our due diligence no matter what the position. Much, much better line. 
But yes, I mean, you're just causing yourself all this extra stuff. And not only that, Sarah and Bobby, but you're also setting yourself up. You're setting, why, why put yourself in the corner so that if the season doesn't materialize the way that you want, you know what everybody's going to say? Oh, well, I guess you should have had some time for Lamar. You know, so why <laughs> even do that? Like, like, you know, and it's not as if, it's not as if, it's just like what someone was saying to me when we were talking about, it might have been Bakari, uh, Bakari, um, who I just had on my show from CNN, he was saying, like, it's, it's not as if you're the 49ers. It's not as if you were the Chiefs or what have you making that comment and you have, like, this long jetway of, you know, leash to, you know, to be whatever. You're saying this as a team still trying to get over its skis. So, to me, from a PR standpoint, it just it just doesn't make self. You're just, you know, adding more smoke around yourself. So, I guess that brings us to what mm-hmm. garnered so much interest and in, and. In- conversation this past week Josina right and that's Mm -hmm. this concept of um, ownership collusion and maybe Mm -hmm. not even against Lamar specifically but against this could be a trend we don't think it's going to become a trend but a potential trend of fully guaranteed deals where do you fall within this conversation and what have you made of of this last week or so since the Ravens placed the non-exclusive tag on Lamar well, it goes back to a famous, you know, phrase that Denzel Washington made in one of these movies. I don't I don't know which one it is, if it's Philadelphia or I don't know which one it is. But basically, Denzel Washington said, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. I can mm-hmm. think whatever I think all day long, but what what can I prove? But at the same time, you know, I think that as as humans, as uh, viewers, as consumers of the National Football League or anything that we observe, we all have like a, a, a sense of things. And at the at the very least, when it kind of all came out in succession like that, and I and I get it, it wasn't via press releases like you know the teams were putting this out via press releases. I do, and I and I am in agreement with Adam Schefter that in, in large part this it came out that way as you know uh, reporters were successively asking various teams what their thoughts are. So that's part of it. I answered I answered that I don't feel like um, they needed to respond that way, but there was still something about it that just didn't feel good. I, I, you know, there was just something about it that just didn't feel good. And even if there are justifiable reasons as to why you're not, you know, pursuing him, nothing happens in a vacuum. Nothing happens in a bubble. There's always larger context, macro context to everything. And to think that, um, in a world or in a league where Deshaun Watson, you know, got a fully guaranteed contract and no, uh, and beyond, you know, Kirk Cousins uh, before that, you know, after, you know, being on successive, you know, tags or what have you, haven't been able to replicate that. Um, yes, there are some micro circumstances in relation to that with Russell Wilson situation. Um, but I don't, I think it's commonly felt that, um, you know, uh, teams, ownerships are not, you know, jumping up and down to try to make that, uh, you know, to try to make that a, a a commonplace thing in the National Football League. Now, we also know, you know, through reports or just even through things that I know that the NFLPA has been involved behind the scenes in, in regards to, you know, Lamar's situation, whether from an outside, you know, advice or, you know, whatever uh, agendas, and I don't mean that in a negative connotative way, but, you know, objectives that they have with regards to kind of pushing this notion of the evolution of player contracts. Um, 
So you have that aspect of well as well. I guess the, the best way to say that is that nothing happens in a vacuum. Um, all of these GMs still have to report to owners. And um, I, I think to a measure, it's a reflection of what they would like to do or not like to get done, even though they each individually as teams have, you know, their own things that they're trying to trying to get done. So like for the Panthers, even before he got tagged, I did hear that they were leaning towards going towards the draft. Josina, just just so that we do have a good idea. Now, I'm so glad that you put out that one video where you were clarifying some of the confusing reports that mm-hmm. the 134 million was fully guaranteed at signing. It was a total of 100 million guaranteed. Mm-hmm. That falls in line with what Lamar Jackson himself told Diana Rossini and several mm-hmm. Baltimore media were there watching that conversation, even though it was mm-hmm. between her and Lamar. So mm-hmm. that has been corroborated. So what you mm-hmm. said when it was 180, 180 total, I was like, mm-hmm. Josina's on it. I, I know mm-hmm. she's on it. So mm-hmm. you also mm-hmm. said right mm-hmm. before that Lamar's team was reviewing what was at the time or currently the Ravens' best offer. That 134 and 180, that, those numbers have been around since, since September. Do mm-hmm. you have a feeling that the Ravens' follow-up offers were significantly better, a little bit better, or essentially the same? Do you have any feel for that? I don't know how much uh, more – but I don't think that, um, you know, everything that materialized from the last time that they talked um, and or met and or at the time that I put out that tweet, um, I do think is reflective of, um, you know, additional talks and and progress in the talks in an attempt to get this done. You know, I just had, you know, another long conversation with one of my sources on this situation just I think yesterday I got a call. And I think we're talking about this for like uh, 30 minutes. And this has been really stressful. Um, It's been very, very, very stressful. I feel the Ravens are doing the best that, you know, they can with the situation. And I think I also understand, you know, Lamar's perspective as far as, you know, wanting to maximize his values and his feelings, you know, as far as everything that he feels like has occurred, you know, through the, you know, duration of, you know, these talks as well. And I have tremendous respect for the people in uh, Baltimore's organization, as I do for Lamar as a player and his talent. And then the fact that I feel like he has a, a generational, next generational skill set. So, I, but I also do believe that this mechanism of using the non-exclusive tag is really, you know, because some people, I, I think, you know, people wanted to make sure that I understood too that, um, you know, there, there's no ill will in the placement of the tag, which I never, you know, thought. All of my comments that day were about, um, you know, the teams and how I felt like things were coming in succession, um, you know, that particular day. But um, all of this, to get back to my thought, is that um, is an encouragement, rather, to get back to the negotiating table to try to complete this deal. Cause at the end of the day, the Baltimore Ravens still, you know, want their QB one on, on the field. Now, if you remember Sarah and Bobby, when I interviewed uh, the head coach at the combine, one of the questions that I asked was how do you think the emotion of, you know, kind of going through this back and forth and, or potentially, you know, being on a tag kind of like a Kirk Cousins situation 
um, or just the aftermath of the situation is going to be absorbed by Lamar. And because um, I thought it was a valid question then, I thought it was reflective of where kind of things are going. And I think it's kind of reflective of, of where things are. And I do agree with uh, John's answer when he said that Lamar is, you know, very good at, you know, being focused on the field and absorbing, you know, things in the moment and getting back to business on all that other stuff. At the same time, you know, we are human and this has been a very polarizing topic on social media. And I'm sure he sees all of that as well. To get back to your question, um, I, I do believe that there's been, you know, massaging to, um, you know, the deal. I can't quantify and I, I never say what I don't know. I, I don't know in terms of how much more of where it is in comparison to before. One, because I specifically haven't asked and two, and as a result of that, I do not know. So Josina, I got, I got to wonder what your sense is for this, because if you were to ask Lamar, what's more important to him, what do you think his answer would be for, among these two things, securing a fully guaranteed contract or big picture advancing the cause of fully guaranteed contracts as a trickle down effect here on out? Well, I'm just going to kind of go back to what I was told before the combine, you know, I was told by a source, you know, when I was putting out that video that Sarah's talking about to clarify at that time and, and people listening to like, you know, uh, talks are always evolving. People's feelings are always evolving. So anytime, anything that I say is reflective of where it was at the time and where it is to, you know, my knowledge until the next conversation. Um, but again, I was told going into the combine that, it wasn't about the contract necessarily now having to be fully guaranteed. But um, at the time that I was hearing this, that Lamar has a number, he ha he basically has a number. And so long as that, that amount is fully guaranteed, the structure beyond that and around that doesn't necessarily have to be fully guaranteed. So like, let's just say, for example, if he was getting his uh, 50 million and it's at 250, and just by example, this is a poor example, but he was, you know, getting, you know, uh, two, 260 uh, as, a, as a total contract. But let's just say as an as a number, just, these are all hypotheticals, uh, 250 was, you know, guaranteed, then, you know, he's fine with that. And then the contract is not fully guaranteed, but he still attained his number. That's just a very, you know, scant uh, example to kind of explain what I'm talking about. But that's my, that was what I was specifically told um, and is my current understanding until I ask if anything has changed. Because I am, as a reporter, um, very curious to, you know, find out. And sometimes as an insider, you always have to kind of let things breathe. You know, you can't be on your sources every day. And that's why I do like covering multiple teams as an insider, because it can kind of move from one thing, come back, let these people breathe, you know, say I'm not up all, all up on them. And then I come back. Okay. So now that all this happened on social media, you see what these teams are saying. You got uh, Jeremy Fowler's out there saying now that these, you know, no one's going to offer. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to everybody, but you know, so how do you feel? Has that impacted? Has that impacted what you think? Has that impacted the strategy? There's been a number of agents who have called me around the league who have expressed their thoughts on the situation, and you know, some of whom I'm sure are still trying to, you know, call him and and his and his mom and and the people around him or what have you to see if they can still, um, you know, be more on the forefront. Uh, as opposed to the advice that is going on behind the scenes. So um, it, it would be very interesting for me, even as a reporter, to kind of just check in and see if anything has evolved with regards to uh, his thinking to the teams out there and just even where he currently is at. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, once you do, I'm sure you'll be on top of all of it and we'll, we'll be <laughs> sure to share it with, with our audience. Um Yes. One thing that I think is probably misunderstood is I, I really do think, and I could be wrong, this is just my sense of it, I mm. really do think the Ravens wanted people to bid on Lamar because mm. they've been at this for 25 months mm. and they've been at this stalemate for so long that mm. I think they want Lamar. And and for the first time that I can remember, they've started to restructure with void years. That is so not a Baltimore thing, and that just came mm. up. I think they're preparing for mm-hmm. a potential match. So so mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have accused him of sabotaging or whatever, but I don't think it was mm-hmm. them saying, hey, nobody bid on Lamar. I think they actually want it to help mm-hmm. push this over the finish line. But but let me ask you this. Let's say that mm-hmm. all the reports are right mm-hmm. and people, there's not a big market because of how the franchise tag works and it makes it very difficult for everybody to actually learn away and they don't want to do the work for, the, for Baltimore. So mm-hmm. let's say he, July comes around Mm-hmm. And he's there's still the non-exclusive tag. Nobody else has come around and made an offer. Do you get the sense that Lamar would play come September on a franchise tag? Yeah. So I was told because um, I asked that question in that same conversation that I'm referring to. Um, would he play on the tag? And I was I was I was told yes. The the C the CBA has made it harder for players, you know, to hold out per kind of just the modifications that they made the last time uh, both sides were at the table in their labor talk. So it is more difficult. Now, it doesn't mean that if you're principled um, about uh, how you feel about something that and if you feel like you got money in the bank that you, you know, don't may not care about fines and things like that. Um you know, but I was told at the time that, you know, he would do what he, you know, would have to do. I think at the end of the day to, um, you know, and, and I've been through this with many, many, many players. I've been covering the, I've been covering the NFL since 2002. You know, I'm old guys. I'm 
<laughs> I've been around a long time. And every year, this is such an emotional time for players. And, and just to get off topic a little bit, but I'll get back to what you were saying. Like, this is the time of year where I literally have to go through each team, call all these players, call all these agents, give them the speech and remind them about how they need to get the news to me if they want me to break it and all this other stuff. And every year, like, you know, half of them or even more than half of them forget. And the reason why they forget is because there's just so much emotion to when either you're finally getting your money or, or there's a decision, there's some finale. I mean, it just happened with Brandon Graham yesterday. I was like, bro, I thought you said I was breaking the news. What happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> and he was just like, oh my God, I was on the phone with my agent. So it always happens. And I have to give this, you know, these big speeches like, oh my gosh, think deal Josina, deal Josina, just put the two together in your mind. So anyways, but, um, but when you're going through a situation like this, it, it, it it's so emotional, especially if there is, you know, a contract dispute. And so, but at the end of the day, yes, deadlines do spur action, but also the, um, the eminent, um, you know, just kind of, uh, the countdown to the season also spurs action. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Lamar wants to be out there. And, um, I think he's also very keenly aware of, you know, just, you know, the fan base and all these other things and his own internal love for being out there. So, um, I, I don't think, and I, of course it could be wrong because it, it's him, it's not me, but, um, I, I do feel like that the desire to be on the field and the desire to, and his love still for the game will still supersede, um, a principle that I, I do believe is important and, and, and one that he's mindful of, but still would not supersede him getting back on the field at some point. And, 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 and if that would be either just returning to the Baltimore Ravens and them agreeing to a deal or on the tag. That is that is why he was really hurt and wasn't holding out come playoff time. He was, he was hurt because she's <laughs> yeah, got oh, for yeah. sure. She's got him pinned down. That's Lamar. He he loves yeah. football first first and yeah, foremost. Okay. But yeah, mm-hmm. one non Lamar Jackson will let you go. Oh, question is it OBJ? Is that what I heard? OBJ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. OBJ. From our understanding, you guys have a great relationship. He yes. just worked out for I believe thirteen teams, if I'm not mistaken, in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. a year plus removed from ACL reconstruction. Todd mm. Munkin is now the offensive coordinator in, here in Baltimore. We know they only spent one year together. Didn't go great, but from a statistic category, it did uh, mm-hmm. in Cleveland there. So, uh, one, where do you think he's at right now? And and two, could the Ravens be a player in the OBJ sweepstakes? So, definitely got to get things with resolved with Lamar. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely, you know, a, a big yeah, aspect small. of it, you know, kind of just kind of a small, you're right, Sarah, there's a little, a little small detail there. Um, and, you know, clearly I think that, uh, OBJ is very anxious to get back into, you know, the team fold. You know, one of the things that people forget when you are, um, rehabbing is that, um, especially when you are a free agent is that that's all on your dime. He's been spending yep. his own money, you know, with all he's at IMGs at Exos, you know, he's, you know, doing all this stuff. So it costs money. And that was, of course, it wasn't the only thing, but that was like, you know, one of the considerations for possibly trying to come back last year as, as he was having those talks with the Cowboys and Jerry Jones was trying to talk to him and be like, yo, you know, you could come into our facilities. We got the best, you know, training staff. You, you could, you know, it'll be on our dime. Woo-dee, woo-dee, woo, all this other stuff. But, um, 
to answer your question with the uh, with the Ravens, definitely have to get the quarterback aspect, um, um, you know, resolved. I think that he's going to look at all of the offers that he gets and he is going to weigh everything out. Um, part of that, yes, is going to be what he um, is getting offered. So to answer that question, because, you know, someone just texted me and said, so is he really asking for 20 million a year or whatever? I, I haven't specifically asked him if it's if it's 20, but he did text me yesterday and was like, he does what what he's worth. So I'm sure that it's a it's a you know significant number. Um, and I do think that part of what plays into that for Odell is not just, um, you know, he knows what he can do. And, you know, listen, I remember going through these talks when he was leaving Cleveland and people were trashing his name at the time. And I've followed and covered Odell since day one when he was with the Giants. And I, I mean, I just see it firsthand, the absolute change that he has on a locker room and the field and, you know, just the energy that he brings to a team is just, I mean, I, I was just talking to a Browns coach yesterday who was talking how much, how in love he is with um, Odell, because for all of the, you know, news and, and headlines that came out on him when he was in New York, like it is just the complete opposite. Like he really makes his teammates fall in love with him outside of, you know, what happened with Baker Mayfield, caveat to the side. Um, and, and um, outside of that and um, and just his his skill and just this, the skill level when it comes to catching the ball and all these other things. And once Sean McVay really understood what he had, I mean, you saw, I mean, I was there at so I mean, you saw just in the first half, like, I mean, he was so juiced and ready to go. So, and from a marketing standpoint, I mean, he knows the impact that he has on sales. So, I mean, he's not dumb. He's a businessman. All of that stuff plays into it. So, yes, I think it's going to be about what a team is offering. You know, what are their postseason uh, chances? Um, he's very, very, you know, uh, focused on the quarterback situation. So, that's why I started that off when I was answering, you know, you about Lamar. And and so, yes, you know, uh, a team like, you know, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, you know, the Jets, the 49ers, uh, the Ravens, I think, you know, and who else did I not mention are all going to be a part of, you know, that discussion. Um, he's going to do he's going to play like a businessman. Of course, he's going to try to amplify all the leverage that he can get and then he'll make a big decision. But at the end of the day, it's just like I said to who was I talking to uh, yesterday? Um Oh, yes, it was in that same Lamar conversation yesterday. Um, a player wants to be, players want to be loved and they want to feel the love. And it's, and oh, I, I was making this point also about the Jets in that conversation as well. Like, I feel like, you know, with their conversations with Derek Carr, you know, you can't let a player go out the, you can't let a player go out the door. And then it's like, Hey, just date everybody else. And it's okay. Come back to me. And then we'll show you how you feel. It's, it's very important to underline that in my conversations yesterday to the other, make sure even when you feel like they know, send them three more. I love you text because that's how <laughs> like I've been covering football men for 20 years. I mean, and I've been, I've been, uh, I'm always around men professionally and make sure that's underlined and clear <laughs> professionally. And uh, that you, they, they're sensitive, Sarah, they need, they need to, they need to be told all the time. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. And then when you think is that, Tell them that you love them three more times. And that and you heard Albert Breer say that that part of that was the difference between the Jets landing Derek Carr and the Saints. So make sure they Dang. understand that. You know what I'm saying? 
Make sure they understand. Yeah, I can speak to that. I'm not a former player, but I can speak to that. I want to be loved. I want to feel loved. You know? <laughs> you, need, you need a hug. You know, hey, Fred Smoot is always on my show. He's always talking about sensitive thugs need a hug. So, you know, <laughs> well, you're friendly, friendly thugs. But we'll call you, a, you know, a, a, a cute thug, whatever you want it to be. But everybody <laughs> needs a hug. Everybody needs to be, know, you know, felt like they're valued and that's, and that's, and that you really want them. You know, that's like, it's like, what's your love language in a relationship? It's still, it, it applies in corporate matters too. You know what I mean? Well, Josina, I know you're not a player, but I see that your phone <laughs> is blowing up and I just want to, we're going to let you go. Yes, but listen, yes. I, I cannot finish without telling you yeah. mad respect for you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Because Thank your you. reporting is top notch <laughs> and the you. way you treated us today Literally, mm. people don't know that Jalen mm. Ramsey news came on right when we were supposed to start recording. The way you <laughs> still came on camera, mm -hmm. you talked us through, you didn't drop us, you didn't big time us, even though you totally mm. could have and we would have understood. Uh, you uh, kept your word. We appreciate mm -hmm. you so much yeah, and we will be yeah. watching you and, and, and yeah. blasting you as much as we can whenever you got uh, reports. We appreciate you. And you guys do a phenomenal job gathering uh, your audience and the people who listen to you in, in Baltimore. I know you guys got a, a following. You do a good job and, and continued, um, you know, uh, doing good works on everything that you are accomplishing so far. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate that, Josie. Yes. And just let our no audience problem. know where, where they can support you, you know, where the best spots are to support you other than Twitter. Uh, so yes, uh, CBS and, you know, host of the crew with, uh, Morris Chestnut and Fred Smoot. And then I also have my other solo podcast, which is in season three. Now that just comes out whenever I feel like it and I have time, but when it does come out, it's usually a pretty good guest. So, uh, you can just go on my YouTube pages or my website, undefined with Josina, uh, Anderson.com, uh, the crew NYC.com that URL will take you straight to my uh, pod, or you can just check me out on CBS or on Twitter. I'm usually putting out news or telling somebody something. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, she's not a player, but she's a hustler. That's for sure. She's hustling for sure. I appreciate y'all. So y'all enjoy right. your Sunday and stay tuned for, you know, the legal tampering period and the free agency and the new league year coming upon us. It'll be so a wild a ride. Day. You too. Yeah, you That's too. what's up. All right. Bye, appreciate guys. You, no problem. Thanks for stepping inside the vault. Have a good weekend. No problem. Well, Josina Anderson's as advertised. That was awesome. And she's like so generous with her time. Like we thought that we were going to do 20 minutes. We were certainly going to hold ourselves to that. And then she gave us almost double that. And she's just, there's plenty of information too that we're about to go through as well. Plenty of information. I mean, she just, she just is so plugged in, so plugged in all around the league. All, I mean, there's not any bigger names than Lamar, OBJ, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and she's on top of all of it. She's got sources everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway, and I need to go back and listen to it to make sure I'm, I'm quoting her accurately. Everybody just listen to it. So, you know, we'll, we'll go back and for the morning vault, make sure it's 100% the way I'm, I'm remembering it right now. But basically I felt like she said some of the teams that put out there that they're not going to pursue Lamar. She's like, but you were one of those teams that came to find out how much she's been offered. So you kind of already did reach out, you know? So I think that pokes a hole the way we've all kind of been feeling that it's like, okay, I'll see it when I believe it now, just because they looked in, maybe they did look in and maybe that's why they did say, Hey, we're not going to pursue Lamar. But I think that puts a pokes a hole in some of the people saying like, Oh, this is collusion because they didn't even, they won't even at least reach out. And it's like, well, according to Josina, they already did. So either they're bluffing and are going to really do more or 
they already did reach out. And because they reached out and they saw what was offered, they feel like they can't beat it. And so that's why they're not going to do it. So I think that pokes a hole, though, in the collusion argument, even though I still think that there's something to it in the sense that I really do think that, like, a vast majority of owners don't want to give up, give in on fully guaranteed contracts, but I don't think that they need to have a meeting about that. So uh, that's why I don't know that it's really collusion, but I do think none of them really want to go down that route. Um, so, but, but it also pokes a hole in it because it's like, well, some of the, she said, some of the teams that said, no, we're not pursuing him, that they were the ones that already reached out. So that, I thought that was big. Yeah. Another thing I thought towards the end of the conversation, you know, buried in, in all the the, ta- the awesome tangents, by the way, she's a great storyteller. She's, uh, it's funny. A couple of times she almost revealed a few of her sources there, you know, which was funny. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she felt comfortable, which was cool. But, uh, I'd say one of my biggest takeaways was just the fact that, you know, you, you asked her point blank, is this, would Lamar play on the tag, you know, and similar questions were being asked this time last year when, the fifth-year option was obviously in play. There was a risk factor there without a long-term extension, as there will be next year if he plays on the tag. And she feel, thought it was insightful to, to, and really backs up what we I know we both believe is that as much of this is about business right now, this is heavy business too. His love for football and his love for the game is, is a major you know, part of this, a major aspect of the way that he does business in a way. And – um, she certainly feels like he would play on the tag. And I thought that was notable. Yeah, I, I definitely. I think that goes, you know, she's, she's, I don't know who she's talking to. I would never try to get a journalist to try to reveal their source or even give me like an idea of where their source is. But I think that she's uh, been plugged in on both sides. Cause she, you know, had the one-on-one with Harbaugh. I know they also talked off camera um, and she's talking with, with people on Lamar's side. She's been very, I liked how, because people don't see the side of it. You know that she is plugged in, that she could say how stressful it's been for both sides. I think that that is because it, it, all of this can be dehumanized and not in like, again, a negative connotation where, you know, you can get, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to like, I don't think that Lamar or the Ravens need compassion. Okay. They're in a, they're both going to end up on their feet. They're both going to be fine. They're both going to be great financially, all that kind of stuff. And so, but I think when it's kind of like the way we saw her behind the scenes, Bobby, when she was getting bing, 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 bing. And she just was like, I'm so sorry guys. And we're literally watching the Ramsey deal go down in real time. And she's playing with like all these different phones for computers and she's stressed out. And that's not to say that she needs compassion. That's her job, right? It was not too hard for her, but it was humanized. You can see how stressful it was. And I think by her saying it's stressful because she can see both sides. She's talking to both sides. She's able to ask questions that even I'm sure some of the answers she gets, uh, you know, off the record. So she can't reveal, but she can say, look, I'm watching them the way we just watched her in this behind the scenes moment. And she can see how a stressful it is. She can see people's headspace where she's like, I'd really do think the Ravens are trying. And then she can say, but I, I, Lamar's very aware of how polarizing it all is. And so that's why she can tweet, Hey, Lamar, keep your head up. Not that she's taking sides, but she can see the humanized stressful part behind it all. And that's how you know that she's plugged into both sides because she's not, she's not taking up for anybody. She's providing information on both sides, which I, I really appreciate that 
is exactly what a reporter is supposed to do. 100%. I think that's a great point. And make no mistake about it, Joe Cena was stressed as well because of what yeah. was going down in the NFL world. And yet she comes on with us, gives us over 30 minutes, and you would never know anything was happening with Jalen Ramsey and a massive blockbuster deal with yeah. the Miami Dolphins. So uh, obviously we can't thank Joe Cena enough. Thanks to Twitter DMs. Thanks to what you've built <laughs> on Twitter because you made this happen from a guest booking standpoint. And that was really evident throughout. Uh, there was mutual respect there for sure, which was pretty cool to see. And um, I really enjoyed getting to know her a little bit. I thought she shed light on some great topics and hopefully our audience enjoyed this one. And uh, you know that we have a relationship there now. So assuming who knows where things will go and with the two sides here, but love to have her back on obviously. And you know, um, just, just had a blast there. So like we said, we're taping this on the 12th, it'll be out later today we will then uh, include a lot of this on on our morning vault on the 13th monday as soon as the you know the league year is beginning here this week and, and there's going to be you know free agency frenzy to follow so it's going to be a big content week but we figured why not kind of give you a little something something to dig your teeth into before the week begins because it's about to get wild <laughs> <laughs>